all right? And uh, my voice sounds a little weird this morning. I, uh, I, have a, I have a cold in my, it's gone into my chest, and uh, it's, uh, it's not COVID. I tested, so we're good. Um, Pam and I both did a test, we're good. But uh, uh, yeah, so just, I sound a little weird, and I might sound scary, you might, you might uh, be concerned about that, but I think we're all right. I still won't sneeze on you. All right. Good, good. Well, um, we start our series, our Advent series today, The Gift of Christmas. And it was inspired by the... Um, <laughs> are you giving me signs and wonders? Okay. Well, they're gone, so... Um, the, uh, the gift of Christmas, uh, and this kind of came out of, uh, in my heart this, over the last few weeks, it came out of um, the, the verse, 2 Corinthians 9.15, that says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So yes, Jesus is the greatest gift of all. And I know we say that at Christmas time, and I, it can almost become, yeah, we've heard that a few thousand times, right? Jesus is the greatest gift of all. But not just because he was, God was born as a cute baby in a manger, but because the whole Christ event... The whole Christ event, the birth of God as a human, the life of that human among us, the death of God on the cross as he absorbed the poison and evil of our sin, and the resurrection of Christ from the dead to conquer death, the whole Christ event changed everything. And it isn't over yet. There's more to come. There's more to come. We're going to talk about that. Advent has been celebrated since the early days of the church. Uh, As we've said before, the the word Advent means coming. Um, But the focus of Advent for most of church history has not been primarily on his first coming that Christmas morning or night or whatever. but, but it's been focused on preparation for his second coming. And over the next few weeks, we will definitely talk about the Christmas story and all that that means. But we will also talk about the great news that our Savior is coming again. There's a lot of talk these days about the last days, the last things, isn't there? Um, Scripture tells us that those things are yet to come. Jesus won a great victory for humanity in coming, living, dying, and rising from the dead. But we live in the awkward in-between time. Between the beginning of the victory and the realization of the victory. 
We live in the kingdom that is here among us, but it's also the king, kingdom that is still to come. The now and the not yet. Let's take a, a, an example from history. Um, if you know me by now, you know if I'm looking for an example, I'm going to look to history. Because I love history. D-Day, June 6th, 1944. Was the day that turned the tide of World War II. Virtually all of continental Europe was living under occupied Nazi powers. And it looked like democracy and freedom would die and Europe would be condemned to exist under an evil, tyrannical force. But Britain, Canada, and the United States planned and deployed 156,115 soldiers in the largest amphibious deployment in history on the shores of Normandy in the north of France. With great loss of life, the Allied forces won a decisive victory in one day that turned the tide of the war. And from that day on, both sides knew that the Allied victory was pretty much assured. However, there remained 366 days from there to the end of the war when the Nazis signed an unconditional surrender. 306, 336 days of sacrifice and of taking territory back from the enemy, one town, one village, one community at a time. Though the victory was a likelihood, the soldiers still lived and died in the awkward time in between, between winning the victory and the realization of the victory. The thing that fueled them in that time between was hope. Was hope. Hope that if they just kept pushing forward and didn't give up, the war would soon be over and right would win over evil. Hope is the strong conviction that there is something better coming. Hope is a powerful force. And the lack of hope leads to devastating despair. There are people who live courageously with very challenging circumstances in their lives. Extreme poverty, debilitating disease, whatever it may be. And they get up and they fight every day because they have a conviction that tomorrow will be better. That there is hope. Oh, not paying attention to my slide. There we go. We're going to be talking about hope, peace, joy, and love over the next four weeks. And today we're talking about hope. All right. Isaiah 9. We, it was uh, read already in our, in our Advent reading this morning, partially. Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom 
for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations. Those are synonyms for the same region. By the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This light in the darkness. What, what an amazing picture of hope, isn't it? There's hope. There is a hope deficit in our world right now. Everywhere you turn, there is fear and uncertainty about the future, fear about pandemic, fear about loss of basic freedoms, fear about environmental crisis, hopelessness is everywhere. And if ever people needed to see a glimmer of hope and a light in the darkness, it is now. That light in the darkness that Isaiah wrote about is Jesus. The Apostle John writes in his gospel, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, he says, In Him, in Christ, in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? But what does Isaiah in this chapter tell us about this light in the darkness? If we skip down to verse 6, I've got it up here as well. Skip down to verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness or increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Wow. We're we're looking at these four words over the next few weeks. Because I believe that these are the things that human hearts long for more than anything else in the world. They long, humans can't live without hope. Hopelessness kills. We long for hope. We long for peace. We long for joy. And we long for love. And the world has its counterfeits of these. But they can only truly be found in the person of Jesus. And I love the titles that Isaiah gives to this child that would be born. 
this son that would come. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father. And I believe that those titles are answers to the, to the longings of people's hearts. So we got three quick points this morning. First of all, the gift. And we're going to, as we do this, we're going to look back, we're going to look around, and we're going to look ahead. All right? The gift of Jesus is hope. He came as God, as one of us. The Gospels tell us that when the child Jesus was born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, that the Word of God, the Logos, the Word of God, the creative power of God, the promise of God, the truth of God, the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. This was not just another cute baby, but God was fulfilling His promise to save us by becoming one of us. The eternal entered the mortal world, and the kingdom of God broke into our world on that pivotal night. It's no wonder that a, <clears throat> that a company of angelic warriors stood guard as Jesus was born and declared, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and He is the Christ, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This was the son that Isaiah said would be born. And he was here. He came and he lived among us as one of us to show us what God the Father is truly like. He came to show us divine love by absorbing our hatred and sin upon the cross. Dying to destroy the power of sin. And in dying and rising from the dead, He conquered death so that we too can be raised one day. Amazing promise. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Remember that at that time, before you knew Christ, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. Without hope and without God in the world. But now. Everybody say, but now. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Those who trust in what Jesus has done can have a hope that the world cannot know. They can have hope that there is a way out of the cycle of sin. They can have hope 
that there is a there is uh, that that the finality of death has been ended. But there is more. There is more. Secondly, this morning, the kingdom among us is hope. Jesus is God with us. One of Jesus' titles is Emmanuel, which is Hebrew for God with us. Not only do we have the hope of rising above the power of sin and death, but when God broke into our world at the birth of Jesus, His kingdom began to come into this world. And again, we are in that awkward in-between time of His kingdom started but not completed. But when Jesus returned to the Father, He sent His Holy Spirit upon His followers so that until He returns, we would continue to expand His kingdom influence through our lives and through our service of Him everywhere we go. He is with us and He has promised to never leave us and never forsake us. Wow. That makes living in this dark world a whole lot more hopeful and a whole lot more meaningful. We are here for a reason. And we have the backing and the presence of Jesus with us every day. That should inspire hope in our hearts. Romans 15, 13. Love this verse. May the God of hope, the God of hope, I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. That means that, that hope is not just something God has or possesses or owns, but it's something He is. He is our hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. God not only wants you, folks, that are sitting here today, you who are watching online today, He not only wants you to have hope as you live your life day by day, because Jesus is in you and He's with you, because God is, is the God of hope, and because as you trust in Him, He will fill you with joy and He'll fill you with peace. But not only does He want to fill you with His hope, He wants you to spill it everywhere you go so that you may overflow with hope. Wouldn't it be amazing if people just got more hopeful just by being around you? just by spending time with you, just by a conversation with you, all of a sudden their eyes start to brighten and they start to think that maybe there is a reason to keep going. Maybe there's something more in this world than I thought there was. Maybe what this person has, I want. Right? Thirdly, this morning, the kingdom to come is hope. 
God is coming for us. In Colossians 1, verse 26, Paul writes and says that the message of the gospel is the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now, in Paul's day, in the first century, as he was writing this, right, in Christ, it has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among, you, among the Gentiles, that's you, right? Among the Gentiles, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus being in us by His Spirit is a deposit of the things that are to come. Because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you and because you walk with Jesus, because you are part of His kingdom that has started already and is yet to come, there is the promise and the understanding that there is more coming. That the yet to come will come. And that is our final hope. That is our final hope. The hope of glory. The hope that we will be in His presence forever. The hope that He will, he will, he will uh, renew the heavens and the earth. Everything will be made new. And that we will live and reign with Him forever. Folks, our hope is not just a religious pacifier to get us through the day. But we believe in the promise of God that something more awaits us. The story of history and the story of, uh, the story of God is all moving towards a climactic conclusion. Jesus is coming back. And this is good news for some and terrifying news for others. When Jesus returns, He will not do so as He did the first time. He will not come as a, as a precious baby in a manger. He will not come as a gentle Savior, but He will come as a conquering King and Judge. He will come to make all things new and to set right the injustices and the wrongs of the world. In fact, as Scripture says, creation is groaning at the anticipation of that day. Can you feel it? Can you feel it in every newscast you watch? Can you feel it in the, the, even the earth itself, the climate changes and the things in the world agonizing under a burden? The earth itself is groaning. King Jesus will come to deal with evil, selfishness, 
and greed and every human who has ever lived will stand before God and give an accounting for their lives. It will not be a good day for those who are found outside of Christ and who will face judgment without Christ as their advocate. For those who have taken refuge in Christ and received the mercy and forgiveness of God, this will be the moment of our hope realized because our salvation will have been completed and we will be transformed in that moment to be like Christ himself. If you're listening in this room today or online today and you are um, not yet found in Christ, don't wait. Take hold of Him today because He is waiting to take hold of you. To offer salvation and hope for you. It's no wonder. I'm going to ask the the musicians, the team to come. It's no wonder. Why why don't we stand while while they're doing that? Those of us in the room. It's no wonder that Paul says, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. The gift of Christmas is hope. It's hope. It's other things too, but it's hope. What Jesus did as God, as God as one of us, brought us the hope of forgiveness and freedom from sin and death. As we look back, that's what Jesus did. Amen? What he did as God as one of us, won us that freedom and that hope. What He does every day in the lives of those who know Him as God with us to be our provision enables us to live as the people of light and hope in this dark world. As we look around us, as we look forward, we can live every day with the hope of of the God who is coming for us to rescue us from the decay and the destruction of this world when he comes to make all things new. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for us this morning as we conclude that God that if there's anyone listening to this message this morning that that has not yet made a commitment to to follow Jesus with their lives and to to receive his forgiveness, his healing, his hope, I want to pray that you would do that today. That you would take care of that business today. 
And uh, I want to pray that each one of us who know Jesus as our Savior would be more aware of His presence with us. You know, sometimes I think we walk through our day oblivious to the presence of God that is with us and in us and all around us. We try to do stuff on our own. We try to fix stuff on our own and we forget that He's with us. He's with us. I want to pray that each of us would have our hearts prepared anxiously and joyfully awaiting His return. So God, we thank You for hope. We thank You for hope. Thank you that you are the God of hope. That as we trust you, that you fill us with joy and peace so that we can spill hope on the people around us. God, I thank you for the hope that we have because of Christ's life and death and resurrection. Thank you that we can have the hope that, the, that sin no longer has power over us. And that we can be free of death. That it has, it has no sting left. Because its finality is taken away. God, I pray that anyone who is with us today who doesn't yet know that hope. The hope of salvation. That today, before we conclude, they would, they would just simply cry out to you. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I want to live for you. Forgive me and cleanse me and make me new. Come live inside of me, I pray. God, I pray for each one of us who, are, who know you as Savior and Lord that we would be reminded every day in our lives that, that you are with us, that you are God with us you never leave us. You never forsake us. You are with us to empower us, to give us wisdom and strength for every circumstance. That we are never abandoned. We are never left on our own, but you are with us. Thank you for that hope. And God, we thank you for the hope that you are coming back. Thank you that even, even when things feel at their worst in this world, that we don't need to despair because we know that our Savior is coming and that He's going to make all things new and He is going to deliver us and He's going to set everything wrong, right. You are our Savior and our Deliverer. You are our hope and we give you thanks in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Hmm. How many of you today are grateful for?